And glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Monday, February 19th, 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. We are live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. A pleasant afternoon here. A lot of, uh, lot of opportunity to recap a busy, busy weekend in the world of sports. 654 Roars, the number you want to join us on the phones. You want to join us on the Adams Co-Roofing text line. Uh, feel free to do that. Um, we are going to bounce around to basketball and baseball and football and all-star games and everything in between in the show today. We also are going to talk uh, softball with John Rittman in the next segment. So if you got questions or comments uh, related to Clemson softball's weekend, get in with those and uh, we'll make sure to uh, bring those to his attention as they recap a 2 and one week down in Mexico that was really more about weather than anything else. Uh, ben Milstead, uh, good to see you, sir. How are things today? Hey, man. I'm great. Hope you are, too. Glad to be here. Enjoyed the somewhat warmth of the weekend and the sunshine and... Now here we are. Let's do it all again. That's right. Um, it was a nice. It was a really nice weekend. Yesterday was cold, um, and I did basketball. So I did baseball the two days it was warmer, and then was indoors with basketball when it was cooler. Yeah. Um, but it was. I mean, three good crowds at the ballpark this weekend, um, and uh, you know it was a. I'm not sure opening weekend could go a whole lot better than that, uh, given the circumstances and given a relative bar like i think the team's capable of playing better than they did but the crowds were absurdly good. i mean four o'clock on a friday you don't know what that mm-hmm. opening day is going to look like weather helped with that yes it did it was packed i mean it was there were very few seats available and saturday was the same you kind of we're kind of used to that like maybe more people come for opening day and then the saturday crowd's a bit of a drop off yep uh, did not happen that way this weekend. Yeah, men's basketball crowd was really good as well. That was, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, baseball, did it take you? Was it like riding a bike? You just step right back in and off you go, or did you? I mean, did you ever at one point think about calling a three pointer or <laughs> foul shot, anything like that? Um, it was, it was fairly easy. Um. It, on TV, it's a little bit easier. Like, I think if you start with radio, you're more exposed like that because you have to say more stuff about what's going on. Um, so that that's the way I would say it. Somebody somebody actually asked me this weekend: is it is it harder to do radio or TV? And I said it's just it's different. There's different things you have to do because on TV you're more of a like especially early in the season, you're more of a biographer where you're looking back at a lot of numbers from last year and you're looking back at what somebody did at a previous stop and you're trying to set up the biography of players. You're trying right. to reintroduce them or introduce them for the first time. And then if you're calling a game later in the season, you get that. Um, you sort of get more stats and you get more of a, like the rhythm of the season going. If you're on radio, you're just calling a game. So you do have to be a little more on it. So I would say I lucked out there doing two games of uh, two games of TV this weekend. Um, my first radio game is I think Saturday, and I 
I will confuse the left and right side of the infield. Like, I'm just going to – there's going to be things like that where mm-hmm. um, you're, you're going to have to you're gonna have to deal with it. So, y'all going to have to deal with me on Saturday. We'll survive. Well, this – I mean, it's the busy season. Uh was looking at our broadcast calendar. We've got – We've got some kind of network broadcast for nine straight days beginning today, so that's fun. We like that, or maybe eight straight days, regardless. Uh, many, many straight days. Many <laughs> straight that. days. Yeah, it is because it's uh, baseball tomorrow, right? And then you've got men's basketball Wednesday, women's basketball Thursday. Yeah, and then Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, the Sunday. normal stuff. Uh, you got Tiger, uh, Tiger Hour with Brad Brownell tonight. Also have that that's next right. Monday, so. Lots of good stuff going on. And you know what? Um, I appreciate... I got a lot of uh, feedback from people saying they were listening or watching this weekend, and I just appreciate that. Um, There were a a lot of people. More than I expected. I don't know what the an an average amount is, Mm -hmm. but people that came up to me and said they were watching or they, hey, um... You know, enjoyed listening. I listened to radio or did both. Somebody somebody said they were doing both. They were switching back and forth from TV to radio, TV to radio. And I just um, I just appreciate that. I think everybody else does too. Just knowing that there's people out there that you're not just talking to yourselves. It's nice to know. You, you know, you didn't have NASCAR got rained out yesterday like we thought it, you know, like everybody thought it would. That's 4 o'clock today for Daytona 500. Um. Of course, softball was out of town and really wasn't playing because of weather. And, you know, so there wasn't much going on to take you away from opening weekend of college baseball and, you know, then everything going on in the world of basketball as well. Uh, I The answer to this better be no, but did you watch any of the NBA All-Star game? No. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't care if you watched it or not. I'm just <laughs> no. joking. No, of course not. Do you know what's funny to me is like I didn't knew, I didn't even know it was on. I, I kind of forgot about it. I so there was so much stuff happening, and with as late as our um, as late as the NC State game was on Saturday, like by the time you're home, like the skills challenge and all that is over. Um, so I didn't really. That's the only part that I really care about is the skills challenge stuff. I haven't watched an NBA All Star game in years. The fact that there are people that are like flabbergasted i read two different columns this morning people like people say they love offense but the ratings are at an all-time low i'm like well use your imagination like try to try to think why would no one care about seeing how many stars can operate with no defense i i have become more amused by people being so offended by the all-star game to me that's more entertaining than the game itself uh i just appreciate a good box score yeah you know, <laughs> that was a, 200 that was a good 211 score. to 186 as a final score 200 point uh only three foul i mean the foul the officiating was horrible quark only three fouls called <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, where where you know one team had you have a uh, hundred and six assist quote unquote assist in the game that just means you passed it to somebody who was standing wide open. You had half court shots. Uh, <laughs> just you look at the box score to see a team shot 
took 146 shots. 200, 289 shot attempts in a game. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Minutes. So that's... Uh, and now I'm trying to do some math. 289 like shot attempts. That's six shot attempts a minute. <laughs> that means the average the average possession in the game was like 10 seconds. That's hilarious. <laughs> I I can I the read East you? the East a, attempted 97 threes. <laughs> <laughs> 97 threes. 97 can I read? I need to read you this column. This I, I was I was thinking about doing this for Stockwatch. I mean, I just love it. I, I gotta read. This is Sam Amick from the Athletic, who does he does a really good job with the NBA. And like part of this is the like the if you want to know why no one watched, the quotes from the players are why no one watched. Like they they are absolutely giving it all away right here. They're basically saying, hey. If you like competitiveness, don't watch because we actually aren't even remotely about that. This is what Sam Amick said from the, from the Athletic today. Here's the worst part about the East All-Stars making the wrong kind of history Sunday night. It was by design. And he goes on to quote uh, Jalen Brunson, who said, talking about reaching 200 points, he said he talked about it at halftime when they were up 104 to 89 at the half. They said it, it's never been done to get to 200. He said, quote, it's never been done before, and that was a goal of ours to do. I'm glad we did. So Sam goes, well, wait a minute. Tell me more about this. Why did you talk about why, why, Like, how did you address this? He goes, team meeting, and the way we played in the first half, we saw how we were playing. We were like, all right, let's get 200. And so Sam's like, well, who said that? And he was like, everybody. <laughs> everybody said, let's get to 200. Um, and then, you know, you could go through, um, you can go through like Larry Bird had quotes on Friday. He said, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This was Sunday morning. Uh, there were a couple other quotes on Friday, but, um, they had a legends brunch there in Indianapolis. And he said, quote, the one thing I would really like to see is they play hard tonight in this all-star game. And honestly, like he said, I think it's very important when you have the best players in the world together, you've got to compete and you've got to play hard. And you've got to show the fans how good they really are. Close quote. That is what people want to see from an all-star game. LeBron James got to the podium. They asked him how he thought it went, and he was like, well, I mean, you know, it's fun to get up and down. And then he said, quote, but at the end of the day, our competitive nature doesn't like that free-flowing scoring like that. But I think the good thing that came out tonight was nobody got hurt. <laughs> somebody, somebody got tendonitis in their elbow from taking so many shots. <laughs> Quark, I, like, I, you know what? <clears throat> this sounds I almost prefer this to what they've done the last couple of years because at least they weren't pretending and they had a goal in mind you know and, yes and when i i watch some of the highlights i'm like okay these crazy shots in the middle of a game there's a little bit of an entertainment factor to that i just i just can't get past the box score though um and and I'll last thing I'll say, and then we'll move on to to we'll move on to real to sports, real sport, real games because that, that was not obviously, <laughs> and nobody not not pretending like it is. The final in the twenty first ranked Virginia hosting Wake Forest game, a real game <laughs> that happened in basketball with real players on Saturday. The final score was forty nine to 47 
the score at the end of the first quarter of the NBA All Star Game was fifty three to forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> Four more points in a quarter than an entire college basketball game. I I want to know. I, I actually would like to answer this. I, I would like for somebody to answer this question. If the players obviously don't care about it being an actual game and no one is watching this, why don't we just name players all-stars, have the skill challenge, which people do watch, and not even prote- not I, even I, go I, through the charade of a people game? People watched it, though. I, mean, I promise you people... People will have watched. There's enough people watch that that they made a, they made money off of that game. I think players get paid to show up. I think they do. Um, somebody, I, I saw, mean, look, if they're losing money, they're stopping the thing. So <laughs> I need to, somebody's paying. Somebody's watching. Well, I need to figure this out because I think I saw. Golly, um, it was not in that athletic piece. Something I read this morning said that the the estimated ratings were an all time low for the game. Yeah, I could see that. But they, I mean, it's still going to rate a little bit. Yeah, Texture says, "Don't want to talk about Clemson." Yeah, we're going to talk about Clemson for the next two hours and forty five minutes. We've got an inter- Coach Rittman is in the next segment. Doesn't make sense for us to talk about Clemson and 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 you know talk about the meaning of life there with Clemson sporting events and then change gears, and then have to come back to it. So, yeah, just a uh, three-hour show. Yeah, Three-hour show. Do you listen to the Open? Do you hear the Open? The show goes <laughs> till three, loser. <laughs> he says that effectively. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you missed the Open today and all the days. Um, we do have plenty of time to talk uh, Clemson, and I'm interested in people's thoughts about uh, baseball, what you saw this weekend, about – Men's basketball, what you saw this weekend. Women's basketball had a bad loss yesterday. Bad, did, probably their worst game of the year, uh, to my eyes. Um, they did not play well in a loss to uh, to Pitt. Um, so we'll talk about all that uh, going forward today. Uh, Omaha Hank says this on All-Star Games. He says, I'd watch the All-Star Game as is with one change. Ian Shefflin gets to play for both teams as a universal defender and rebounder. I just want to see how mad the stars would get in him, like Rudy showing up to scholarship, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Uh, I love that, Hank. I love that idea. Yeah, if they had one guy, just one like journeyman player, who is just out there playing hard, like your job is just go out there and play hard while everybody else just doesn't want to guard or anything, I actually do think I would watch that. If every team had one designated spot for a try-hard, like an like a end-of-the-bench guy, somebody... Like, whoever wins the slam, Mac McClung, whoever wins the slam dunk contest, just gets to go out there and run around and play hard. I love it. I, I, you know what? That's a, that's a great thought right there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, John Rittman. Uh, I've got lots of questions about what happened to them. I say what happened. They went 2-1, and one, but it seems like a kind of a frustrating week from a softball standpoint. I did see some pictures and videos. <laughs> they were in a great piece of property on God's earth. I mean, that, you know, it, it can't suck too bad when you got those views. Uh, we'll talk about their week that was. 654 Roars, the number. Hour one continues right after this. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, 
executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Your home is your most valuable asset. When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. Sure, you can wait until spring for spring cleaning, or you can get an insanely clean home now by calling the experts at Zero Res Air Duct Cleaning today. They use ZR water to clean your carpets like no other, and no sticky soap residue. Your carpets stay cleaner longer. For the rest of the month, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for just $129, plus a free staircase. Schedule online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. I'm Will Davis with the Davis Law Group. It's important to me to always remember why we do what we do as litigation attorneys, and that's to help people. But more specifically, it's to help people by creating a path forward after a catastrophic event. When someone walks into our office, they've likely experienced the worst day in their life. They've lost a loved one, they're catastrophically injured, or their family's falling apart. The second you walk into our office, you have personal involvement with an attorney. Our personal involvement continues until the case is concluded. Contact us today at davis.law. Let us see how we can help. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles, Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar.
All right, hour one continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead with you. Glad to have you here on a Monday. You know, if you're feeling a case of the Mondays today, it could be worse. You could have jet lag from Puerto Vallarta. That feels like a worse case of the Mondays than just waking up having to go to work. I'm just going to throw that out there. On an unrelated note, John Rittman joins us, uh, as he does each and every Monday, 1225. Uh, recapping the week that was for Clemson softball. Coach Rittman, what's going on? Hey, Clark. Good afternoon. Uh, just another day off uh, after a long road trip. And uh, glad to be back in South Carolina, I can tell you that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a long two weeks for you, I'm sure. And in particular, you mentioned another day off. It feels like you guys have had a lot of days off, not necessarily scheduled ones. What were the last few days like as you guys were – watching forecasts and getting updates and just trying to figure out when you needed to get into the the headspace to play. Yeah, you know, in a typical year, after the first two weekends, you know, you're pretty, you know, you've played a lot of games, you're pretty wore out. That that definitely is not the case this year. We, um, you know, we opened up in Clearwater. Everything went as planned. Uh, we played, what, five games in four days and then took a travel day to get to, Mexico and and uh, had had Monday off and and then because of NCAA rules a travel day doesn't count as a day off so we took Tuesday off as well and and then we played a doubleheader Wednesday we were scheduled to play one game Wednesday but because of impending weather and the schedule they were trying to get some games in uh, before the weather hit so we played two Wednesday and had Thursday off of course the weather was not good on Friday and and uh, we took Friday off as well, and then Saturday morning we were supposed to play the doubleheader, and the field conditions were just not uh, not playable for that first game, and so got that one canceled, and then played the second one. So, yeah, quite a few days off there, but uh, I I felt our team really handled themselves well, and obviously we got to enjoy the culture of Mexico and. Uh, had a really good team bonding session with a zip lining um, adventure. And so overall, the trip was outstanding. You know, we're six and two right now. We lost a couple games. I felt like uh, we had chances to win and uh, against two really good teams. So, um, but overall, very pleased with the trip. It was a lot of fun. It was a, a lifetime experience for some of our players that had never been out of the country and, and certainly enjoyed that. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I was going to ask you, and I wondered this through the weekend. Like, it was – the conditions obviously made it difficult to play. Were were you able to sort of get out and see some things and do some things even when you weren't playing instead of, you know, sitting around waiting for rain to stop or anything like that? Yeah, you know, we were, and, and you know, we, we were able to get in a few uh, – we got a batting practice session, and we got a, a kind of a weight room – workout in if you could call it that um but there was a lot of downtime obviously with with two days um of not playing games and and then a scheduled day off so our players were really able to get out and and enjoy and kind of sightsee and do some things and had some family and friends down so um like i said you know we it was a a trip definitely worth it and uh would definitely do it again and and certainly we enjoyed ourselves and and uh, now we get ready for Charlotte on Wednesday. That's right. And um, I got a couple. I got a couple questions. Really, one about the uh, about the the tournament in Clearwater, because I felt like it was a. You guys were in kind of a tough spot with a very tough one run game against Oregon. You've got to turn around, 
very little sleep. You got to turn around, get to the ballpark early the next morning, and take on a really good Missouri team. Was fatigue or maybe like the emotions of the the day before, where you played two games against two good teams, and again you were you were uh, there late into the night on uh, on Saturday night against Oregon. Was that a factor maybe in the Missouri game? You know, really, we just got shut down by a really good pitcher. Mm. You know, she's very capable. We had opportunities against her early and didn't capitalize. And I think in both of our losses, that was the the key to the losses. We had runners in scoring position two or three times and just didn't capitalize. And, you know, early in the season, the schedule definitely can play with you a little bit. I felt like Saturday uh, was a long day for us. We had Liberty um, early in the day, and then we had like a two-game break, and then we came back for that game on MLB Network against Oregon, and certainly we were pumped up and, and excited. And that was a really close game against a really good team and and uh, pulled that one out after being behind twice in that game uh but yeah it was a quick turnaround no no question about it on sunday but our players are used to it you know and and that's early season tournaments you kind of have to deal with the schedule that you're given um but i thought you know against missouri you know we gave ourselves plenty of chances Missouri capitalized in the first inning. It was kind of a nightmare inning. We had two strikes on every hitter in that inning mm-hmm. and just couldn't get the third strike or the the out. And and credit to Missouri's hitters. They did well, and, and their pitcher came up big in big-time situations. Um, you know, and then in Mexico, I think the schedule definitely messed with us a little bit. Mississippi State was uh, – that was their first game of the tournament on Saturday, and it was our, you know, third game, and we'd been there a week, so – you know, there was, and Saturday morning was a long morning. We had to get up and, and get ready to prepare to play Auburn, although that game never happened because of field conditions. So, but in both games, you know, we gave ourselves opportunities to, to come back and tie and, and take the lead and just couldn't capitalize on big hits with runners in scoring position. What did you like that you saw from your team, maybe in Mexico, that was maybe a message after the Clearwater tournament or something that you particularly thought? We did this really, really well. We went down to Mexico. Well, you know, I think, you know, first of all, I thought we pitched really well. I thought our pitchers, um, you know, kept us in every game and uh, gave us a chance. You know, um, the, the two losses, I, I can tell you, we didn't have our A game in, in any facet of the game. And, and when you don't bring your A game, you're probably going to lose against the type of schedule that we have this year. Um, but there was some a lot of positives, you know. We had, uh, you know, some really big time hits. Julian Oler, the freshman, has just stood out early this season with with power and and the ability to drive in runs. Um, our, our defense has shown signs of of really playing well, and then you know we've we've obviously made some errors that were kind of uncharacteristic of our defense. If you look at how we played last year and. And I think some of that is field conditions. Some of that's just being on the road. Um, but we got we got to get better defensively behind our pitchers. I do know that we we've made a few costly mistakes and errors that 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 have cost us runs. And it's early, so as a coach, you know you're you know definitely don't want to peak this early, but definitely know we could play better in some of the games that that we've had. And and uh, we got a day of practice this week to get ready for a tough Charlotte team, and that's that's always an issue when you play these tournaments is now all of a sudden you've been practicing all January and now it's nothing but playing games. So you gotta, gotta take advantage of your practice opportunities to be able to make adjustments and, and get better. 
And that's a really good point there. Visiting with John Rittman uh, here on the program, talking Clemson softball, the Tigers uh, at Charlotte on Wednesday, and then back home for the Clemson Classic on Friday. We'll be saying more about that coming up in just a second. I do want to address this text came in uh, from a, a listener, and if it, there was one consistent theme I heard from people this weekend, it was the question of, you know, you lose a game against Utah, you lose a game against Auburn. Those are two good RPI games. Are they going to just stay canceled? Is there any uh, is there any chance they could put those games back somewhere? Have you guys had conversations about maybe squeezing in an opponent or two trying to do that, or are you just going to sort of let the, the schedule play out there? Um, yeah, Utah's definitely done. We, we wouldn't have an opportunity to make that game up against Utah, but you know certainly um, Auburn has lost some games early on, and, and there's some discussion there about maybe adding a game, a midweek game. Uh, at some point, I know we have an open week. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those situations where we'll work on it. And if it makes sense to do that, we will. Um, you know, typically early in the season, you expect to lose a couple of games. So, um, you know, if we can work it out logistically where we can fit a midweek in, um, we'll, we'll definitely try to do that. Visit with John Rittman here on the uh, on the program Give us a little bit of insight into Charlotte. Uh, what kind of team can we expect to see, and what sort of challenges uh, await your team as you sort of wrap up this away-from-home stretch to start the season? Yeah, Charlotte's a very good team. They, they always play us tough. Um, you know, last year they, they finally made postseason and, and took Duke to the regional championship game and the if game. Um, before losing, so they're they're a really scrappy team. Early on this year, they beat Florida State at Florida State, so that'll that'll kind of give you an idea of of the talent they have and and the the competitiveness they have in their program. Um, so we're we're expecting the dog fight. Um, they got some some pretty good pitching that keeps them in games. Um, they hit the ball. I think the top of the lineup is is pretty tough and. And so it'll be a, a good road test for our team and, and uh, definitely get us ready for another tough weekend with, uh, you know, Ole Miss, UConn, and Miami of Ohio coming to town. Ole Miss's postseason last year, Miami of Ohio's postseason, UConn just missed postseason. So a great opportunity this week to, uh, again, like you mentioned, um, play some very good RPI teams. And you're doing it at home, and uh, I know that's one of the one of the tricky things about softball is you do start away from your people a lot of times when you're going to these uh, these big tournaments. But it's got to be nice to get back in front of the fans that I know are chomping at the bit to see you. Yeah, we're we're super excited to play at home this weekend. Um, just a reminder that all games this year there's going to be tickets available at the gate. This weekend's no exception. Every day there'll be tickets available. Um, I think Friday all the season ticket holders get a, a tote, a, a memorabilia tote. So I'm um, really looking forward to our crowd coming out and supporting us and playing at home again. And uh, it looks like, and I've, uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong here, it looks like the Sunday game is based on what you do. So it's like round robin, all four teams playing each other Friday and Saturday. And then uh, you get sort of a championship game and then a third place game. Is that how this thing's going to work this weekend? Yeah, so um, it's round robin on uh, Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, you know, one will play two and three will play four. So kind of set it up a little bit like a regional, you know, so it, it helps us mm. kind of prepare for postseason in that regard. And, um, you know, every game matters, obviously, this year. And, and um, you know, it's just an interesting 
time of year when you're trying to make adjustments on short notice. You know, we play Wednesday, then we play Friday against some good teams. So this this weekend will be a good test for us. All right, finally, uh, I want to ask you this. You mentioned defensively and some of the things that – uh, that maybe you didn't see over the week, at least consistent, uh, 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 consistently from your team. What's the step you want your team to make this week with five games coming up? What's something you really want to be able to see? All right, we checked that box, at least for the moment. I feel better about that. Well, I think offensively, you know, we've got to do better with runners in scoring position. We've got to have better two-strike approach at the plate. I think we're going to work on that and you know, this time of year, you're playing different, you know, teams every day. It's not like you're in a three-game series and you can prepare ahead of time for, you know, just one team's pitching staff. you got to prepare for a lot of different pitchers and a lot of different styles, and that can be tricky. But uh, I think we can be more competitive at the plate. Um, our defense, you know, not too many mental errors. It's just some physical mistakes that are going to happen. we just got to shore up. I think our throwing – uh, we got to do better throwing, playing catch, you know, throwing and catching the ball. And we've we've made a few few errors that are just uncharacteristic of us, and it's kind of cost us. So I'd like for our defense to get short up a little bit and be more consistent. Um, you know, pitchers, I think we've done a good job. There's been a couple of games and losses where we just couldn't put hitters away, or we're given a you know a couple of free passes hit by pitch based on balls and. And uh, those are going to happen. It's just you can't let it happen back-to-back in, in, in big innings. And um, other than that, you know, I think those are things that all teams are working on this time of year to kind of get more consistent play out of. Fantastic stuff. Coach Rittman, always appreciate the chance to visit with you on Mondays and uh, looking forward to watching you on Wednesday at Charlotte and then uh, to see you in person this weekend. Can't wait for that. I know a lot of fans can as well. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk next Monday. Hey, thanks, Quack. And Wednesday's game is on ESPN Plus, so if you can't make it, you can tune in there. And uh, like always, appreciate having me on. Go Tigers! All right, thanks very much. That's John Rittman joining the program. Six and two. They got they got some good. R- I know they lost a couple good RPI games. That's that's neat to hear that they're kind of in discussions with Auburn about rescheduling that game because that I think is a mutually beneficial type of midweek opportunity. Um, whether they do it, uh, you know, at Auburn or Clemson or a neutral site or something like that. So um, hopefully that gets done. Uh, Lindsey Garcia is an Auburn transfer. I know she was uh, she was really excited about um, she was really excited about uh, the opportunity to play uh, to play her former school and her alma mater. So um, you know be on the lookout for that. But a busy week for them and excited to get back in front of the fans. I know. Hey, I want to tell you about Samuel Property Group. This is uh, this is a, a review of the SPG. Um, Justin says this about Brady and his team. Uh, Brady's ability to be present with others, truly listen and be attentive to their needs, distinguishes him from others. I've seen how important operating with integrity is to him and how his thoughtfulness, consistency, and follow-through have brought blessing and benefit to others. Choose to work with him, and you will be well-served. Now, that's for you, and it's also for somebody who you may know someone who's in a circumstance that may uh, require maybe a, a special avenue to get out of ownership of a property that's what that's what the spg does and if you let brady and his team know you let brady and his team work with them you refer somebody and that referral results in a deal then you get a thousand dollars at closing that's a huge huge incentive to tell your friends about samuel property group Uh, a lot of people can do business through the mls some people can't that's where brady comes in go to the website samuel property group 
Com. Stay with us. Hour one continues. We're talking baseball. We're talking basketball right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses, just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. Landscaper Supply in Piedmont is having a big grand opening event February 23rd and 24th. Join Quok and Ben live on location from noon till 3 on Friday the 23rd. Lots of giveaways plus free food. Landscaper Supply, Highways 8 and 81, Piedmont. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont. At saltyfries.com. Bosch is hosting a direct hire event for maintenance technicians at 1100 Scottsbridge Road in Anderson on Tuesday, February 27th from 9 to 2. Recently increased pay rates and multiple shifts. Learn more and RSVP at hdijobs.com backslash Bosch. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top of the line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three year, 36,000 mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Tired of going out to eat and paying $10 to $20 for a meal, let alone breakfast? If for some reason you haven't heard the news yet, our good friends at Wendy's have the best valued breakfast around. Their two for three dollars Biggie bundle includes two of either sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, or medium hot coffee. Two items, three dollars, great food, greater value. Check out our Wendy's breakfast if you haven't already. Your bank account will thank you later. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. I'm Lance Crick. After 20-plus years as a federal prosecutor with the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Carolina and several years as a state prosecutor, I joined Ryan Beasley Law last year to practice law with Ryan and Mary Hunter. Our team works in courtrooms across the state, including city and magistrate courts, as well as state and federal courts. We work with clients in all areas of state and federal criminal defense to include pre-arrest investigations, white-collar defense, as well as student conduct issues at colleges and universities. Our responsive and proactive approach in cases is at all times client-centric and resolution-focused. We look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Please give us a call at 864-679-7777 or find us online at ryanbeasleylaw.com. In every case, for every client, in courtrooms across the state, Ryan Beasley Law. 
RyanBeasleyLaw.com. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. Continues out of bounds. William Quagamush, Ben Milstead. I saw a lot of clothes from Tiger Sports Shop in the ballpark this weekend. A uh, lot of t-shirts. And then you like yesterday, there were no t-shirts. And so I know y'all took our advice when we said on Friday, you know, if you're in town this weekend and you're needing to uh, outfit yourself for the game, if you're needing to get something new, something fresh, you got to be aware of short sleeves. You got to be aware of short season. And you got to be aware of blankets and scarves and beanies and, uh, you know, uh, parkas and sweatshirts, hoodies season. And it's all in one day, all in one weekend. Uh, softball's coming back this weekend, too. And uh, the, the weather looks great. I mean, look, the weather looks like upper 60s, low 70s potentially. Uh, for a high one or two days this weekend. But those lows, those lows get down in the 40s. And uh, wind starts blowing. It gets a little nippy. Uh, get ready for that. The craziness of February in the South at Tiger Sports Shop. Two locations to serve you downtown Clemson, Highway 123. It's our very good friends at Tiger Sports Shop. Lake Murray Michael says this, talking about travel. What do these student athletes do about school when they're traveling that long? It's a great question. A um, couple things. First of all, athletes, um, I don't know if people actually know, being an athlete, you get some, um, not everybody, but th- there are a lot of people sort of working on your behalf to allow you to get your degree. Um, th- they, you know, you, you get extensions on things, you have different deadlines sometimes, you have accommodations because you are, particularly if you're a scholarship athlete, you are on scholarship to do the thing that you're traveling for. And so they make some special, um, some special provisions for that. You also, by and large, if you're traveling during an, an academic week, you're generally speaking traveling with somebody who is from Neary at Clemson or somebody who's an academic advisor for your program. So they've got study halls. I know when we um, when we travel with women's basketball, like we're going to Notre Dame on Thursday. Uh, Sarah Jo Lawrence is the academic advisor, and so not only is she my broadcast partner for these midweek games, but when we get there on Wednesday night, around the time they do dinner, I think it's right after dinner, they have a film, a little bit of film, and then they eat dinner, and they do study hall, the ones that still have hours to get in study hall. You have requirements, different requirements from from different teams that uh, that you have to do that. And so they they travel with an academic advisor to be able to help sort of direction with, with direction or guidance or you know making sure that everything is is going well that you're you're remaining on track there so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of sort of bending over backwards for them um, I would imagine it was a little bit difficult for softball being on the road in Clearwater and then on the road in Mexico for two weeks but that does happen and I'm sure other people have that question so uh, Michael I appreciate that very much 
Uh, six five four roar is the number if you'd like to join us. Six five four seven six two seven. We ain't here to play no school, Michael. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's similar to what you see with men's basketball too, right? There's yeah. I mean, if they do it right, they can get just about every class online now. Anyway, uh, and even when you do have a classroom, a lot of times there's an online option. So, you know, they have mandatory study hall, and they still have to get their assignments done and turned in and. All that good stuff. Um, listen, since we're talking basketball, or excuse me, we're talking baseball, we're talking softball. I've got a couple just big picture thoughts on baseball, and I'm curious. I'm curious what people thought about the weekend. Um, I so I watched two games live, and then I went back and watched Sunday's game this morning because I was at women's basketball, obviously, and I had I had some other things to do. Um, I had a birthday party to go to uh, last night, and so. Uh, did not get to watch any. I, I listened to several innings of Don and Bob in the car um, going to and fro across the upstate, but um, I went back and watched. I I mean, I think this baseball team is really good. And you can look beyond the stat sheet. The quality of their at-bats, consistently very high. Um, the quality of at-bats from the pitching side, also very high. Uh, they got a dozen or so arms into games this weekend. Um, in fact, let me see this here. Um, I think they pitched 12. They may have pitched 11. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They pitched 10 guys this weekend. They pitched 10 guys. Um, five of the 10 did not give up any runs. Four of the five that didn't give up any runs pitched multiple innings. Um, you know, you only... In my opinion, this is this is what's crazy about Clemson's pitching staff. Um, the pitcher with the the bloated ERA this weekend is Aiden Kanak, and he was the best arm that I saw. Really? I mean, you want to talk about a lethal combination? Now he's he's still learning how to pitch. He's a freshman, but in terms of stuff, I didn't get to see spin rate or anything like that on his pitches. Um, Aiden Kanak is filthy. He had six strikeouts in three innings. His fastball changeup combo is stellar. He's got a really good curveball. And when he got hit, he hung. He had a couple bloop singles off of him, but he also hung a couple changeups. So he's got to be better about his location there. That sucker was moving. I mean, it was darting like crazy. Very similar arm action to the fastball. Uh, he's going to be a real, real problem. Um, I'm also partial to Drew Titsworth. Uh, that's just me. Double zero Titsworth. Um, if for no other reason than it, I am at my most professional mm. when Titsworth is on the mound and everybody around me is snickering like they're eight years old and I'm just mm. calling a game, baby. I've never felt more professional than his two and two-thirds innings on Friday night. I feel like being uh, double zero is sort of leaning into it, too. I mean, that's just, yeah. let's just be honest. Can I tell you? It's fantastic. What a great move. He was 99. He was slated to be 99 mm -hmm. and made the change, and I just. Sure he did. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you make the change? Double zero, the best number known to man. Um, On the offensive side of things, I told Ben this stat. I tweeted this uh, right before the show today. Clemson had 24 offensive innings this weekend. They loaded the bases in 12 of those 24 innings. They had 19 plate appearances with the bases loaded. Now, I will say, they 
they also they only had four hits with the bases loaded this weekend. But you had a couple sacrifice flies. You had, um, you know, you obviously a couple grand slams, bases clearing triple, that sort of thing. You had, um, you had a walk. You had a, uh, you had a hit by pitch. Um, you had a hard line drive by Taylor that was right at the shortstop. So there were lots of good at bats with the bases loaded. Twelve of the twenty-four innings, you loaded the bases at least once. In the first inning uh, of the of opening day, they they had a grand slam and then loaded the bases again. And Cam Canarella got his second hit with the bases loaded after the grand slam. Unbelievable. Um, and you know we barely saw Jaron Purify, who people are very very high on. Um, Will Taylor uh, had a had a death in the family yesterday, so he was out of the lineup in left field. Um, you only saw Jacob Gerald one game. He had a multi-hit day on opening day and then did something to his back. Um, not 100% sure exactly what happened there, but um, but he was, uh, he was a late scratch from the lineup on Saturday. And so you put Jimmy Obertop behind the plate. You got Hinderleiter and Chufo both in there. You, you saw a lot to be very excited about knowing that they didn't play their best either of the last two days, and it felt like they won pretty uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, a lot of thoughts on Titsworth on the Adams Corping text line. I'll say that. Um, he's a popular guy. Uh, as, of course he, he is. <laughs> they, things did not get started very well on Friday. Uh, Barlow got with just command issues, control, in that first inning, and you, they just gave up two runs, if I remember right, in the first. Yes. And, and, and boy, it looked bad. I mean, it looked bad. And then we asked the question Friday, who would be the first Tiger to hit a home run? Well, the answer to that is Alden Mathis, who answered in a big, big way. And, Quark, I feel like that was almost the tone setter for the weekend, that even if you get down – Clemson scored 10 runs in the first inning between the three games. Um, when you have a pitching staff that, you know, like I say, they started a little rocky there, uh, but to be able to give run support in in inning number one, I just think is I just think is huge early in a season like this uh, to let guys relax and just throw the ball. That's right. Um, one thing, you know, it, it's always interesting with the benefit of hindsight, you know. Um, we talked to Eric Backage between the third and fourth innings, and I said, you know, you got to love your team's response, right? I mean, I'm just leading them into it. You got to love it. And he said, I'm just glad we didn't give up seven in the first. I mean, that was on the table. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the table. Especially after you had an error and command issues and a pass ball, and yes, mm-hmm. 100%. But then after the game, he was meeting with the media, and he said, you know, couldn't have asked for anything more than to get hit in the face. He, he said he gave the same analogy when I did uh, pregame with him on Saturday that it was like a boxer uh, who you just get hit a bunch right out of the gate, and you have to sort of stagger and keep your footing and then figure out a way to land some punches yourselves. They were down, Ben, in all three games. Um, they they did not score first this weekend. They had to come back after giving up early runs. 
and they did that. And then yesterday what I thought was neat was they lost the lead. They actually gave up two in the third and two in the fourth, and they immediately cut the the deficit to one. Then in the fifth, they scored three. Then in the sixth, they scored one. The seventh, they scored three. And there is a there is a real sense of calm and a self-assuredness about this offense that they are going to score. Uh, one thing I loved on Friday is that um, the starter for Xavier, who in his most recent appearance shoved for seven innings against Vandy in a regional that knocked him out. He gave up like three hits in that regional. He was missing over the heart of the plate, and Clemson didn't miss him. They didn't get jumpy. They didn't uh, They didn't foul him off. They didn't weak hit him. They weren't looking elsewhere. They had their sights set on the heart of the plate, and they were absolutely mashing the baseball. They punished every single mistake on Friday, and they continued to do it throughout the weekend whether it was errors, whether it was pitch location, they made Xavier pay for every single miscue that they had. That was nice to see. Because sometimes, you know, we saw the jitters on the mound from basically everybody. Um, and even uh, there was a question yesterday, I think Will Vandevoort asked it in the, in the post-game press conference, about, um, you know, what did you see from your pitching? And Eric Baggett's response was, well, you know, I... I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to judge him yet because everybody's making their first appearance. Either their first appearance of the season, their first appearance for Clemson, or their first appearance in college. Everybody's making their first appearance. Everybody's got nerves. Everybody's got butterflies. Let's let them get out there a couple more times and, and kind of see what they've got. And I felt like the lineup had no such butterflies. They had no issues whatsoever getting into the flow of the season. No, I, I agree. Now, the one you know we always want to find the negative right uh or or in this case we'll say the area that could be improved you did step up to the challenge every time xavier made a run but it could have been more left 31 guys on base this weekend that's a like you can look at that two ways right well you had 31 guys on base that didn't score and you still swept that's great um, you also, I, I would imagine as a coaching staff, you, you don't want that number anywhere near that high. Yeah. They, they did not do as good a job getting runners in with less than two outs. They ground into two double plays with the bases loaded. I know that I think it was two. It may have been three actually. Let's see one. They ground into three double plays with the bases loaded this weekend. That's something that you, you can't have even once you got to get runs when you load the bases with less than two outs. They have a track record of being very good at that. I would imagine that's going to be uh, that's going to be merely a blip on the radar.